Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on Nerdy Talk do not reflect those of Anime Herald. Due to strong language, listener discretion is advised. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fans of all ages. It's time for Nerdy Talk, the only podcast that's not dead, it's only sleeping. Upside down and inside out. I'm Mike Fur, and I'm joined by Anthony Simpson, Dorian Chadwick, and newcomer to the show, Lydia Rivers. Say hi, everybody. Hello. So it's been kind of a while since we last got together. It, I mean, I I think the last time we met together, the year ended with a five, and we were still kind of talking about what was going on last year. It feels like we were in a time warp. So how you guys doing? I'm doing okay. I am doing great, actually. Cool. I'm getting into the whole review writing thing, having a lot of fun with that. Um, moved to a different part of the country, so dealing with a little bit of culture shock, but the internet stays the same no matter where you are, and I like that. Good old constant internet. What would we do without you? <laughs> die. I would die. So, anyway, a lot's really kind of happened in the in the past few months um i mean the anime landscape's changed we've seen some players kind of jumping in some jumping out and probably some of the most surprising news came about uh in like mid-march through april when we started hearing stuff about i mean we used to talk about funimation being the big boys in the group in the in the pond we have some really big boys coming in i mean Last March, Amazon announced that they're going to be the exclusive provider of uh, Noida Mena shows across the globe for an unspecified period of time. And Netflix has just been snatching up shows left and right. They're producing a show, an original show with Production IG. They're doing a Voltron reboot with DreamWorks. And they're getting ready to stream uh, Magi Adventure Sinbad across the globe. I mean, they're currently simulcasting Ajin in Japan. They'll be streaming that worldwide as well. It's really been a a big shock for, for the industry in the past six months even. So I want to ask your opinion on the situation. Well, I'll go first. I want to let it be known for the record, uh, for alternative, that I'm not a big fan of these exclusivity deals with in regards to streaming. My biggest issue with it boils down to is the service. Now, I use Amazon Video Service and I think it's actually quite well. It's a very good product. And same thing with Netflix. But the issue I get with it is is that some of these some of these services are not available everywhere. Now, Netflix is available worldwide sans a few countries. And generally, for the most part, I think Amazon does a good job with, at least when they've got anime in the past, even with, say, like stuff like Nice Sidonia, or Eat, which had its little quips with this release, or even other shows, they've done pretty good. Um, but the thing with it is, their stuff always comes like the season after it airs, which some people don't like that because some people, I myself sometimes, like to watch shows as they air. And having it where it's just all available is, well, it's nice. And some people don't prefer to watch that way. Uh, the other thing with I'm not a big fan with at least Amazon getting stuff is that 
Amazon doesn't, Amazon video service isn't available in all countries. It's available in some, but not everywhere. So if, say, you're a fan of Natomia shows and you want to watch a Natomia show, but you happen to live in a country that, that get Amazon video service, basically you're left with one of two choices. Either you don't watch it at all, or you result to fan subs because, unfortunately, there's no legal choice for you. Now, we've also seen, oh, but these aren't one of the big players. You know, Crunchyroll recently had their one-year sort of digital agreement with Kotakawa. Mind you, Crunchyroll obviously isn't as big as, you know, Amazon or Netflix. But I'm not big on these because I don't feel that this is best for anime fandom. Because, again, let's go with this, again back with Amazon since it's not available worldwide. You know, people may want to legally support a show via streaming. If that choice isn't available to them, well, they're going to obviously either not going to be able to support it, or they're going to have to go through fan subs, which really supports doesn't support, also doesn't support the industry. So, my concern is if it just if, if Amazon just sticks with Atomia, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm also I'm not looking forward if they start say pour more money into it and start getting more and more and more shows because I think it's going to, it's not, at least I don't see it as very consumer friendly. Now on the flip side, Amazon can, let's say their video service, they could expand it worldwide via Netflix. Then I think then that would solve at least some of that problem, at least that more people will have a legal option for it. But the other concern I have is with players like, again, Amazon and Netflix having, you know, they have more money than, you know, Crunchyroll Funimation, Sentai Filmworks, Discotech, and everybody here in Region 1 combined, is that them gobbling up more and more of these shows because they got the money to do so, and if they start paying, you know, huge licensing fees for it, um, you're going to see, I think, unfortunately, you're going to start seeing, and we already, uh, more li licensees as a whole start going up. Now, I know we're right now in an anime bubble with licensing fees going up. So when does that bubble burst? I don't know. But my concern becomes is that it's going to get, they get, like I said, they get, they start getting more of the market. It's going to be again, more money for these licenses. But the other thing is if they start getting say, Amazon, Netflix is sort of saying, pick up the best shows, then what's that going to leave everybody else? Now we know, just because Netflix gets it, they don't always license it. So we've seen a couple of their sh few of the shows that they've uh, streamed that Sentai's picked up, like both season like Sidonia and Seven Deadly Sins, both got picked up or have been picked up by Sentai Filmworks. But what I'm concerned is that if they start getting the best shows, what's going to be left for, say, you know, Sentai, Funimation, Crunchyroll, and everybody else? It's going to be mid-tier to low so my my other concern is again is that if they're only getting the best stuff now, the other thing we don't know is at least with Amazon stuff, at least with their anime picks, are they going to be sublicensing these out to other companies to at least publish? Is Amazon going to actually put a physical release out, or is it going to be a case where, well, you can't really own a physical copy; you can only just stream. Um, that that's my concern with this whole practice. I'm big on I'm more big on putting uh, putting projects on more platforms at one time. 
Uh, so what about you guys? What are you guys' opinions on this? Well, I'm I'm kind of of a mixed opinion. Um, I don't like seeing the fragmentation just because it's a pain in the butt for me as a consumer to have subscriptions to Hulu and to Netflix and to Amazon and to Funimation and to Crunchyroll. Um, I I would like them to be more central, ideally. Um, and it is a problem for worldwide fans if if people do get exclusive licenses and they can't watch them legally at the same time on the on the flip side i do kind of like the fact that netflix and amazon are producing some stuff because um it will it, it has the potential to make anime more mainstream because, you know, they have the big banner ads there, watch this, and to get people's more interests, and the more people we can bring into the fandom, and, and the more exposure we can get, the better. And so it, it probably is a, a double-edged sword, um, but I, I think I think in all free market battles, there tend to be, you know, some a, a few big winners in the end so hopefully things will settle down in the in the good side for everybody as opposed to something that's a really giant pain in the butt like we have now where you have to have five subscriptions just to see everything that you want to see now actually one's actually one point i wanted to bring up was when mike mentioned it was um, netflix doing the co-pro with production ig uh i think another thing you might see and not necessarily as a result of, you know, Amazon and Netflix getting into the market, is you might start seeing more companies on this. You know, might see Crunchyroll, Foundation, Sentinel, these other companies start doing more uh, co-productions as a way to deal with the license costs. Because when at AX last year, when uh, Funimation announced they were co-producing Dimension W, uh, Lance Haskell, who used to work for Funimation but now he works for Right Stuff, uh, said this on Twitter, and I'm going someone from memory here so i don't have exactly everything he said in front of me but it's basically something along the lines of you're going to see more of these co-pros with you know western companies doing these co-productions because it's cheaper than trying to license it because the costs are, are, are starting to are rising very quickly it's just going to be easier to say okay you know what we're going to co-pro co-produce it it's going to be cheaper for us and than instead of licensing it out yeah this is that was definitely an issue that we saw back in the other um, the previous bubble. As well. I think that that might not be a bad thing, too, because um, you'll see more content and more people taking more risks because, uh, you know, outside of the, the traditional model, the traditional production model that we see now. I don't know. I feel like I blathered there for a second, if that made sense. I, can kind of I want to see change. I want to see change in the industry. And, and I think that it is as the generations are starting to turn over, we are going to see some change. And this is probably one of those growing pains that will hopefully settle out well for everybody worldwide. I mean, possibly. I mean, like I said, we're in an anime bubble. So when it bursts, I don't know. I mean, it could burst this year, burst next year, it could burst several years down the road. I think if it does, it isn't going to be as bad as it was, you know, the last one we had, which, you know, we all know what happened. You know, ADV went bye-bye. They rebranded themselves as Sentai Filmworks, or sorry, Section 23. 
and then you know you saw Central Park Media go by the wayside. I don't think it's going to be as bad, but I also do have to agree that I'm kind of curious to see how this changes the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we get away from the current, you know, production committee model and it's something that's, you know, probably in all honesty, a lot more s- sustainable. Because not that I'm upset with, say, current productions now. I just don't think at the moment that the anime industry at the moment is, I think, sustainable, at least, you know, putting out all these shows. I just don't think that's going to be a sustainable thing, you know, year in, year out, year in, year out. You know, eventually, I think what's going to happen is, and again, I don't know when, is that you're going to see probably less shows get made. You know, I'm not going to say you're only going to see like five shows get made. You might have, say, you know, maybe 20 or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a lot lower of a number instead of the crazy amount we have now, which, you know, you only have a few end up being really well. And others either just be, you know, stuff for the source, you know, to improve the source material sales. So, you know, maybe the, the silver lining in this is that we might see, you know, the same industry that this model has been around still, at least since the, since it started, at least the, or I should say the model that Tezuka set up. Uh, evolve into something where the anime industry is a lot more sustainable and a lot longer. I feel like, uh, you know, with streaming and, and digital content and stuff that we have a bit more of a safety net than we did back when we had to pass around VHS tapes and stuff Not only that, too. So I, I, that's, that could be also the source of my optimism. Well, possibly. I mean, I see streaming going up. I mean, I actually was just listening to something the other night, or last night, actually, um, which would be the 10th of this, as of this, May 10th as of this recording, um, which actually has nothing to do with anime, but it was actually about TV in general, uh, about how a lot of your, at least here in the United States, because, you know, people aren't watching TV as they used to, they're, you know, they're cord cutting, how... A lot of these companies aren't profitable anymore or how a lot of these companies lost a huge chunk of their viewership like abc for example had and again i'm not i'm going off just somewhat off of memory so i don't have the exact numbers like they still led in like the 18 to 34 market the 35 market but as a whole their viewership was like massively down like, like at least double digit percentage like maybe somewhere like 10 to 20 percent over the last few years I mean, and you're also even seeing it too in other things like, you know, ESPN just let a bunch of guys go because they realized, hey, we can't afford these guys with these multi-million dollar contracts, which to some extent they're smart because they're sort of seeing the the writing on the wall and racking it instead of going, oh, no, it's going to recover. And then, then when it hits them in the face, they're going to be like, oh, we, we didn't know this was going to happen. But um, but no, I do think streaming is going to be helpful if we could get it where, again, with Amazon, if they get worldwide, which I think they will, I mean, they're not, they're not stupid. Um, I think that would be beneficial, especially if they get worldwide to getting more, getting more people to use streaming. Another thing also too, isn't so much, at least with, and maybe with Amazon and Netflix will be able to help. And though we're already starting to see it now, and at least the Japan side is the acceptance of streaming realize, Oh, you know they're seeing you know the win you know they're seeing the money from you know, not as much but seeing the money from streaming so they're at least seeing hey this is also a viable you know income source for us 
you know, these shows overseas, they're saying, oh, look, we're getting some money from streaming. So I think they're more becoming more acceptance of uh, streaming as a whole. And again, this might also be too with, you know, getting newer people in the industry and then getting them, you know, say higher up decisions within these companies, production companies, and then having obviously a different, uh, you know, viewpoint of the people that came before them where they're more acceptance of newer technologies instead of sticking to these old models that are, you know, while they still work, they're kind of going the way of the dodo. We're going to see a lot. We're going to see a lot of these exclusives in the beginning. It just says it's going to be, you guys touched on it before when you're, when these uh, streamers co-produce with these shows, they get, they normally get the exclusive rights to them. And it's just fair for them to have it because, you know, Hey, they help produce the show. So you get the exclusive rights. But I was, uh, I hit on the point that a, the market, and this is like strictly based free market, uh, based theory that the market, this is where the market will fix itself. Cause there's no way that you're going to have fans and consumers pay, pay $5 just to subscribe to this channel or $5 to subscribe here and another 10 or $12 to subscribe here just to get all the shows they want to watch. It's just not going to happen. I mean, so what's going to happen is that they're going to come up with a package deal so that everyone can get what they want. It's going to be inexpensive. It's not going to be like cable, a cabbage, a package deal that we have with cable right now. It's going to be something similar. It's going to be different though. It's, it's going to probably be more of a pick and choose kind of thing. Or at least that's what I'm hoping or we're hoping is going to happen. Uh, the second thing is that this may not be such a bad thing because uh, if these companies co help co-produce these shows, if I think one of them is going to have the sense right to go like, hey, we can make extra money off this title if we license it out, if we let other people hold on to the license. we Since we're co-producing, we have a stake in this. We can get a little extra money if we let Hulu, like if Netflix produces a show, they can like, hey, Hulu, you want this show? Well, you got to give us an X amount of money. And that's money he's still coming back to them. And vice versa, Hulu can do the same thing. Yeah. So. On the note of co-productions, I mean, honestly, that's definitely not unheard of. In the later days of the anime bubble, back when we still had Jenny on ADV Films, you know, back when, back before everything just went kerplody. Uh, co-productions were actually getting fairly common. Uh, Genion had quite a few co-productions in the works, and ADV was known to have uh, been funding some projects themselves. Um, I can't rem- remember too many off the top of my head, unfortunately, but I know Genion did uh, fund, I think it was Hana Ukiyo Made Team, which, funny enough, is going to Sentai Filmworks now, but... Um, mm. But... That was definitely a common phenomenon. It and personally, though, I don't see a package deal arising just because at this point there's no incentive for the players to do so. Um, when you have someone like say a Netflix or an Amazon, they can afford to starve out the competition a bit. They can afford to sit there and say, "Yeah, we'll we're still gonna keep it. You can deal with it." But what's more likely is. I could see a situation where, like, say, I hate to bring their name up in con context, but Aniplex <laughs> has been sublicensing their streaming shows to numerous outlets. Like, um, they go to Daisuke, they go to Aniplex Channel, they go to uh, Crunchyroll, and 
actually Sunrise or Bandai Vigil, whoever holds the rights, has made sure that Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans has been absolutely everywhere this season. It's on Funimation, it's on Crunchy, it's on Daisuke, it's on it's on Hulu, I think. Yeah, Hulu had it. So they they're they're seeing more opportunities and actually spreading their content as far as the eye can see, as opposed to locking up maybe one or two profitable deals because one of the biggest fears of Japan right now is the whole idea of piracy and well piracy so <laughs> by ensuring that they can get their content out they're going to bring that down which is kind of funny because Kiss Anime is actually approaching the top 400 not 400,000 not 4 million 400 most trafficked websites in the world right now so anything I, I can definitely see them taking some measures to try and possibly mute that a bit by even though they'll have say Netflix or Amazon or something like that at the occasion but their smaller shows they'll probably end up trying to spread out a bit more than we're seeing now and obviously if you want to bring it up earlier about why I like exclusivity has been like I'm just going to mention Gundam um, Gundam Iron Blood Orphans which was on also on YouTube for I think mostly Southeast Asia Mm-hmm. Because um, Daisuke Hulu and YouTube, they had it. You could watch it as it aired, where uh, Crunchyroll Animation had it one week late. And I also want to bring up one thing with Anaplex. Uh, you don't really see it all the time, although it actually started with um, one of Pony Canyon shows, the Cute Eye Defense Club, mm-hmm. where they had licensed the physical rights, and they, of course, streamed it on Crunchyroll. But then Funimation also had the streaming rights. And you're now starting to see that you're also starting to see that a bit with some of Anaplex's titles. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on Crunchyroll and you know some of them are on Dicecape, but they also have a few titles, again, just strictly for streaming purposes, on Funimation services. So they've obviously saw what Sunrise did and said, oh, we like that. And I like that particularly because I find that more consumer-friendly. Right. Because it gives people different choices. Like, for example, if you live in the United States and you like, let's go back with Gundam Iron Blood Orphans. You wanted to watch it right away. Well, you had Hulu if you live in the United States. If you lived elsewhere, you know, you had Daisuke if you liked using that, pro- that service. And if you lived like in Southeast Asia, I think that's primarily where it was. It might have been a few other places, but you could, you could watch it on YouTube. And then if you didn't necessarily need to watch it right away, then again, you had Crunchyroll services and you had Funimation services to watch on. So I'm more big on, like I said, the exclusivity. Now, again, I don't know numbers-wise how it did for them. I'd be interested to see that since it's getting another season this fall, I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. If we see the same thing where they just spread it on a bunch of platforms or if... Uh, we don't see that. We only say see it on like two or three services. You know, like they keep it on Hulu, and maybe keep it on like say Daisuke and YouTube, but cut out say, um, you know, Funimation and Crunchyroll. Now, obviously, I don't know how it did for Funimation or Crunchyroll, not seeing their numbers. So it's a chance they might Funimation might not go after it. The numbers more well. They might be like, we'll do good for us numbers wise when it aired. So you know, we're not going to go for it course could do them well and they can go for the streaming rights when they come available Um, i can see how it would be a like from a conservative standpoint how it would be um tempting to give exclusive rights to a multi-platform like netflix and amazon too because they don't just 
um, focus on anime or Asian shows. They do all kinds of shows and have all kinds of viewers. And so um, if the anime bubble does pop or whatever, um, then, you know, their show is safe there. Right, absolutely. And honestly, not only that, but Amazon does market the hell out of the stuff they get. I mean, Seven Deadly Sins we knew about month, over a month ahead of time, and they were making it clear through press releases, through news blasts, through trails on their YouTube channel, they, through their social media. They were making sure that everyone knew about this. Same thing with Glitter Force and even Nice of Sidonia, they made a pretty big deal about. So uh, I think it meant Netflix, not Amazon. Yeah, Netflix. That was <laughs> I spoke wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that, I mean, that but Amazon promotes yeah. shows too, though. Yeah, you know what so I was getting can't... at. There. Yes, um, I mean, these, yeah, you're right. These streamers, they do promote their show like it's nobody's business. Like you get to the front page, and it's like, look at our look at our original show that we yeah. just got. It's like, okay, I might check this out, or I'll look at a trailer. You know, right. uh, basically, they treat it like it belongs to them. Especially, and what's... um, you see that especially on Hulu and Netflix, um. They make a huge deal over anything that's exclusive to their service because they want to make sure that they're not only pulling in the eyeballs of the people that are already invested, but they're also trying to bring in the people that have never heard of it, never heard of anime, don't know what it is. So they have a vested interest in making sure that market grows so they can make their investment worthwhile. Whereas, say, a Crunchyroll, Funimation, while they do promote pretty heavily, I mean, honestly, the best endorsement you can get is through say, the Toonami block, which Funimation sewed up with uh, Dimension W recently, but at the same time, there's always this expectation, like, this is an anime show, it's going to go to anime fans, for anime fans, it's never going to really get further than that, unless it's a real breakout pride, unless it's something like, say, a Full Metal Alchemist, a Cowboy Bebop, a Samurai Champloo, a Sword Art, something that's going to really grab the, the greater market with both hands force him to look and say watch this you son of a bitch watch this yeah and that's and then see that also that's an advantage and that also brings up a disadvantage that you might see and you just hit on it that you might see netflix and hulu and amazon really try to go after more of the breakout shows it shows that like okay this might be the show that'll hit that'll do well with all kinds of audiences and bring in new viewers so let's concentrate on those shows let's forget about the niche shows it, and that's where it could get just a little bit dangerous because then all those neat shows might have little to no place to go. Hopefully they might stay. But Honestly, I could see this forming kind of a two-tier system. I am in full agreement that you're going to see these big players go for the breakout stuff, the big stuff. Like um, uh, like, like Hulu that, has one, one, man, one punch man and no one else right. does. Well, Sailor yeah. Moon. Well, yeah, those are actually Viz Media. That um, that's a fun little story in itself. Mostly due to the content distribution agreements they have with Hulu. But I mean, that's another story for another day. Um, uh, I don't know of any shows that Hulu is aggressively pursuing themselves. But were they going in the industry? I could definitely see them going for the One Punch Man's, the the Sailor Moon. Things that will again bring as many people in as possible, and on one hand, that's going to bring a lot of headaches, a lot of groans, because unfortunate, 
unfortunately, let's be honest, uh, Amazon, Netflix, they're not going to air this stuff. They're not going to run this stuff outside of Japan as a simulcast. You're going to get it as a binge-watchable bunch of crap once it comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for better or worse. But at the same time, I it's going to ensure that this is a show that will get seen, it will get watched, and it's gonna find it's gonna foster an audience that will not necessarily be part of that core market. They're reaching out to a blue ocean of people that may or may not have watched much anime in the past. And on top of that, they're also a company that when they release stuff on DVD on Blu-ray, they're not gonna charge seventy five dollars for four episodes. They're gonna make sure that <laughs> they're, they're gonna put out a reasonable price box set like they did with House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Hemlock Grove. They, Marco Polo. Marco Polo. They make sure that this stuff is not only watchable but obtainable by the masses. So they're really, I I I'd say you could do worse with a gatekeeper, for well not a gatekeeper but as a steward of uh, mainstream friendly shows. Just because they'll do it right, they'll make sure that this gets to places where people can get invested into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost forgot they do release DVDs too, and that's another, and that gives them another avenue to get hit a market. Even if you don't have Netflix, it's like boom, here's this anime you might be interested in right. on DVD or Blu-ray. Boom, and, Dang, I forgot all about that. Yeah, and even better, they actually sublicense their their um, DVDs to, I think it's was Sentai Filmworks that does it. Yeah, they've gotten three. I think of the shows they've licensed. Both seasons, Nice of Sedonia and uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. So far, I'm not under that, whatever that CG one from last yeah. season. I don't. So. No, I don't think anyone's licensed that yet outside of them. Right. So. And the new one that they have now, possibly. I'm actually, one thing I wanted to bring up when you guys were mentioning about their stuff being on the front page, um, Funimation has sort of been doing that this season with My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the first thing you log into their website, boom, it's there. Oh, God. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought that would have ended up on Toonami myself, but that's. That's, I'm like, I'm not watching it. But to me, I'd see that, and that just screams, this fit Toonami perfectly. That will probably be next the next round of shows, because at this point, that is like the breakout this season. It's a huge show, both among anime fans and in Japan in general. I mean, it's. And on top of that, it's got subject matter that relates to people, again, that don't necessarily watch anime. It's a show about superheroes and training. I mean, it's a perfect, perfect gateway show if if it keeps up with the pace it's been going. Yeah, I'm not watching it because I don't like superhero stuff. Um, another one I wanted to actually mention was within that was how they have, like, this is one where even I'm not kind of crazy about some of the exclusivity is that, you know, they have the international rights, albeit only Funimation is available in US, Canada, and recently expanded to the UK and Ireland. But, you know, then they also have merchandise rights for it, which seemed odd that they'd get all that. So it was, because usually you don't hear them say they get merchandise rights. Mm. Especially the fact that they also got it so early and that they're promoting the shit out of it. Which complaints too because it's like you know there are other shows this season they're airing i mean i know that's the big you know the big breakout hit mm-hmm. but you know not ever like me like i said i don't like superhero stuff so i'm not watching it but you know what about these other shows that are airing i mean i know they're not in the same tier probably as quality or as potential for 
you know, the Gateway show, but I still think they should have gotten some of those other ones. They should have said, hey, you know, we're also, you know, push those others. Maybe not obviously the same level, but you know, not just just be like, this is our one, this is the one big show. It's like, okay, that's great, but you have nine other shows that you're streaming this season. You know, why why not also you know show some love for those? You know, why not push some of those shows too? I'm right with you. I mean, with I, it definitely reeks of them putting too many eggs in one basket, but at the same time, I can definitely see the logic of doing so. This is like their, this is a company that just lost two of their biggest cash cows in um, in a uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and uh, Darker Than Black. I mean, those are two shows that were consistent big sellers, and those are gone. So they're trying to manufacture. They're trying to latch onto whatever potentially big hit is and make it as big as those. So they're, they're trying to fill that void that was left by the well by the loss of two major gateway shows. You know, sure, y'all. You know, they they did lose those. So I, you know, you look at it from that perspective. That's true. They got to push something to get. I mean, to fill in those sort of the, uh, those gaps, which, I mean, will My Hero Academia be that? I don't know. I mean, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I can't test the quality because I'm not watching it. Uh, I don't know what the pre-order figures are for in Japan. And, of course, I don't know how it's going to sell here. I mean, it might sell like hotcakes, being that it's also shown a Jump franchise uh, property. And they generally tend to do, they tend to be... Um, I don't know if I say popular, but they tend to get. Uh, what's the word I'm looking? What's what's what I'm looking for here? A following. Well, yeah, I mean they do. I mean, like One Punch Man, that that was shown in Jump, wasn't it? I believe so. I believe so. I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, I don't know how it's going to do for Viz once they release it, but I mean that was a pretty popular show and it sold well in Japan. I could see that doing well. I really could. Well, and again, it's superhero, right? It's a superhero show, which we're you know still in the superhero phase here in the United States. The craze. I don't know when that'll die off, but <laughs> it, it'll die. So I think it'll die in the next few years. It'll. Oh yeah. When people get. But sick. that's. I want to be more when DCF's up again. Yeah, it, it is. It's a thorny subject because there are. I can definitely see the logic on both ends of it, and. Personally, uh, I'm of the mind that if it keeps fragmenting like this, people are just going to start pirating again. It's just going to cause another contraction. I mean, let's be honest. People don't want to have to pay, uh, as Lydia was saying, people don't want to have to pay seven bucks for Crunchyroll, uh, seven bucks, uh, five bucks for Funimation, eight if you want the doves, uh, ten bucks, sorry, twelve bucks for Netflix, twelve bucks for Hulu, and about eight ninety nine a month for Amazon Prime. It's it's to the point where it's getting silly now. Yeah, I mean, because I subscribed to all those. Now, Amazon, Netflix, not really for anime. I mean, for... Yeah. That's more for live action stuff, but I already have them. And, right. You know, I have Hulu, but I'm probably thinking about canceling it, but then, you know, I have subscriptions for other stuff. Right. You know, like Spotify, which that's not anime related, but that's like, you know, $11 a month. Um... Uh, the one news program I subscribe to only just so I have the member benefits, uh, TYT or the Young Turks, that's 
you know, 10 bucks a month. So that adds up all these streaming things, of course, you know, you know, Crunchyroll, you know, Clamation, you know, all these, that adds up after a while. I mean, that gets expensive. And I don't see, especially say like a teenager who's maybe doesn't have a lot of money or even somebody, you know, and even an adult who doesn't have a lot of money to be one to pay like a whole bunch, let's say like subscribe to something. They just want to watch one show. Like I don't see, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a big, I mean, I like Natomia shows, right? but I mean, I'll watch. It's not going to like be the end of the world. So of course I have an Amazon subscription, but if someone doesn't want to, you know, subscribe to that or they say, well, I'm not paying, you know, eight bucks just to watch this one show, you know, they're probably going to, again, either just not watch it, which is obviously what they're doing if they choose not to do that. Or they're just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to just go to fan subs and, because I'm, I don't want to pay the money. Right. Yeah. And it's going to come down to two things. You've either A, going to implode and you're going to have to make a package deal, or or that you can actually, or we might seem actually some surface be like Hulu and Crunchy, and you have a paid version, and then you have the free version. Mm. Free version, you have to deal with that. You don't get it as quickly. But you still get it. But you still get it. And we could definitely maybe see... I don't know if Netflix is ever going to do that. They probably will never do that. They won't. They'll never do that. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Funimation tosses the, a lot of their shows onto YouTube at this point. A uh, couple weeks out. Crunchyroll has the one-week delay. Hulu has one-week delay. We're definitely seeing some strides to accommodate that group, thankfully. Yeah, yes. Funimation so, also has... Well, at least this... Some people are bitching like, oh, it's two through delays. It seemed to be, I think that was a more licensor specific, but now it seems like they're back with this one week delays for their. Right. With all sands, the broadcast stuff, which unless you're paying for it, you can't listen to. Yeah. Which is reasonable. I'm just so glad that they're finally realizing and, and that's that. That's probably going to be the thing. You, they're going to want to, they're going to have to figure out a way to accompany the users who can't pay or don't want to pay. So we're going to see that. Hey, you, you'll get it. You'll get it later. You may not see it as high quality, but you'll still get it some form or fashion. And and like we said before, and like we mentioned before, that the Netflix is an Amazon. They're going to release their stuff out on the DVD and Blu-ray. So if you're one of those people that still want to see it, if even if you can't see it because it's a service, but you want to see the show, they'll release it out on a DVD or Blu-ray that's affordable for you to get it. So as long as they come out with different avenues in different ways, it won't. It shouldn't be as bad. It shouldn't be that bad. I just don't see. I just. I just don't see Amazon and Netflix going that route. I mean, if, if they do, I'll be you know I'll be the first to say, hey, I was wrong. But I don't see them. I don't see them possibly doing it. But again, I mean oh. that might change. I, mean, I, I have a little more hope for Netflix because they have already taken strides. We, like you guys said, we said before, they released DVDs of shows that they're that are, are originals to them, and not only that, they've also even come up with ways for people to pay for the service. I mean, they're now releasing cards where you can. The one card I've seen is like thirty dollars three months, three months to Netflix. You pay thirty dollars for the card, and of course, you scratch it off and put it on the thing and whatnot. So you can get Netflix that way. I think they want to come out with a ten dollar card. I'm not too sure. But they're coming up with ways to bring in people or to at least for people to see their stuff. So Netflix, I have a little more hope in for doing that versus Amazon. We don't have anything yet. Any last words, guys? 
Um, no, not really. I'm just okay. at this point. I'm just glad that there are legal means to support the industry um, in a wide variety of shows, and I think that the market will and the licenses will naturally congregate where you know the most people are going to subscribe to them. So. I'm I'm hoping that the oh my gosh I need five different subscriptions to see everything I want to see will settle out in the next couple of years to something a little more convenient. You are right. We did. We have come a really long way from what we used to. Be. I mean, I remember when licensors were basically reaming ADV Films for having the audacity to try releasing one or two episodes on BitTorrent as kind of like a a preview for their DVDs, which was unheard of at the time. I mean, this was the early 2000s to... Yeah. Um, and it wasn't anything like A-Class either, so it was. it's actually kind of crazy to see that they actually did get that 100% right that we'd be consuming all of our media digital, a lot, so much of our media digitally at this point. Yeah, and just the fact that, you know, have some faith in your consumers that if there is a, you know, if there's an accessible and affordable way to consume your product illegally, then they're going to take that route as opposed to pirating. So, yeah, I'd nice. rather deal with stuff in HD without any without any viruses versus mm. having a risk of virus attack just so I don't have to pay eight bucks. And all the adware and cookies and the crappy quality. Yeah, you'd never know when the sound is going to go. Oh, yeah. 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 The FBI knocking on your door like, hey. <laughs> oh, you downloaded so-and-so. What? I didn't know such thing. You'll have that guy from the don't copy that floppy ads out of your door. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that guy! I forgot he's. He'll be there to bust some kneecaps. Yes. <laughs> Along with a couple of guys from the the MPAA. While we're talking about digital stuff, um, there does come arise a question though: What happens when you can no longer get to these shows through a digital format? I mean, just last week, uh, as of this recording. Uh, Hulu delisted pretty much the entire Media Blasters anime library. I mean, that's granted, that's not much nowadays. That's, but it's still 12, 13 titles that are completely gone from that service and unlikely to ever come back. I mean, licenses expire, streaming agreements do fade away. So that definitely presents kind of conundrum. Well, yeah. some of the titles that those Media Blasters titles disappeared from Hulu are available on Crunchyroll. Not all of them, most of them. So, not all those lost. I mean, you still have at least a better option to look at them on if you want to see them. But that does bring up a conundrum. Like, let's say again, going back to you know, going back to Amazon. Let's say they don't sublicense these things out. These shows out. Let's say they really stream. But let's say a year or two, this deal falls. Their deal with Tommy falls apart, and this stuff stays in limbo. Well. Again, you're probably going to have to pirate stuff or you just don't watch it. You know, if well, nobody picks up a license. The, uh, this is where that um, them giving us the option to purchase it, either digitally or in physical media, 
comes into play. It's really important. Um, if they want to avoid piracy and somebody knows that they're going to want to watch this over and over again and they find out that it's going to be delisted, we would really like the ability to buy it so that we can watch it over and over again after it's delisted. If they yeah, don't give us that opportunity, um, then you, you're going to see more more piracy probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, like, we... uh, just like a Macross Delta. I mean... Yeah. That... That'll never come out in the West due to the whole batshit loco licensing games that are going on with a Harmony Gold and Tatsunoko production. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that is bullshit. But not much we can do on our end about that. I want my Macross, damn it! Well, but the only thing we can do is what we've been doing for the past ten years, and just. Raising, hoisting the flag and setting the sails loose. Give it to us. Give it to us. But it it, it does raise an interesting. Uh, we we I remember what what was it like three months three, two months ago. Full Metal Alchemist just got removed. Mm-hmm. That kind of scared some of us. I know it scared me because I went out and brought Brotherhood immediately. It's like no, don't you take it away from me. I mean, it's still on Netflix. But uh, who knows for how long? I mean, um, it's. I did too. Yeah, uh, I could see that staying for a while because the li- the license did revert back to Aniplex, and they are pretty keen about keeping their stuff on Netflix. Well, well, that's a good sign. Well, I still I still got it in the house. So you're here I did just too. In case. <laughs> I did too when it was on on the Goldbox deal last month. I I saw that. I'm like, I'm gonna I gotta buy that because I said it's probably the last chance I'm gonna have to get this for a reasonable price. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Because we know how Anaplex does, and and that's the big. I don't. I don't forget any of other. We we've harp on Anaplex a lot because we mm. we know no other anime company will do that to us. At least we hope not. <laughs> Pony can. But... <laughs> Pony can. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> well, Pony can doesn't even have the approaching the quality of anime that Anaplex does. So got... I, we just kind of laugh at them. Yeah, they they got sound euphonium, which. I will be very sad when it sells well because it'll vindicate their model. But otherwise, yeah, they got Danky Guy. Oh man, fuck Danky Guy. But anyway, we won't go into that today. I think we'll for Hulu though, because a Squid Girl, a Squid Girl was included in the media blasters of the pictures I saw. I never actually watched. I just know it was on Netflix. And by the time I got around to watching it, I was like, it was taken. I was like, oh man! And then it's on Hulu. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it in time. So it's more. It's going to be more of a time thing. It's like, okay, it, it's going to make it seem like, man, I got to watch these shows before they leave, or I got to well, rush. Gotta... Well, Squidward is actually on Crunchyroll still. No, but I'm too spoiled. I want to watch it on my TV. <laughs> but. <laughs> It's gonna get great. It may get for um, uh, on the point earlier when you have streamers like Netflix and Amazon pick up these licenses, they're those. I was going to be afraid that the niche shows, the shows that aren't really for mass, would be the ones that get picked off because they're trying to spend all their money and make room for shows that would be. For, uh, unfortunately, for Media Blasters didn't really have have it wasn't too big of a loss so it's not that too bad of a thing so far 
But as long as I can watch Squid Girl somewhere else, I'll be okay. Poor Squid Girl. First she gets shot up in Splatoon, now she gets her show removed from Hulu. Yeah, it's not it's not been good six, eight months for her. But it's okay. Maybe we'll come back. Maybe it's just gone to her. I'm really hoping someone licenses the second season of that because Media Blasters was supposed to put it out, but it just never happened. Yeah. Like a lot of their shows, like Well, Ladies versus Butlers had a had no date for a what five, like two years, three it's years. It's out now. It's out now, but yeah, I have it. But how many years was it? <laughs> two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they're and Rio. And I think they're just getting ready to start dubbing Rio Rainbow Gate. Why would you do that? I, <laughs> I, I want to know how they got Vic Mignogna for that dub. That's all I want to know. That's why I want to know myself. But other than that, why would you do that? It's well, not I don't know. Sh- it's not that good of a show. No, but well, he probably needs work, and I don't. That's one thing that surprised with Ladies vs. Butlers. I haven't heard the dub, but uh, the one person who was in it, they apparently got people from just about every major like dubbing outfit in, like at least North America. Like you know, they got New York people, they had Texas people, they had I think mean, one person from Canada. They have people from LA. Which again, I don't know how they got how that they pulled that off, but they did. MB Voice Works is doing some really crazy stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, honestly, I'll give them I, credit. I, I was about to write them off, but they're getting some really interesting talent splits there. Yeah, and again, I like to know how they're doing it, but I'll give them credit. I mean, even if yeah. the product turns crap, I'll say, hey, good for you. Exactly. I, I give them credit for, for working at it. I mean, like you said, they're getting people from LA. Texas, New York, all coming together on these dubs, and that's incredibly rare. I mean, I don't, I can't think of many works where that happens. Usually, they stick with one. So, to be able to get these people outside of, well, not only that, but working in a union state is the big one. Voice work is voice work. It's good for everyone. They get a job. They get to hear their lovely voices. Right. Get more famous, more voice actor famous, anyway. So I have kudos to him. All right, and now for something completely different. Recently, Wagaki Band played at New York's Irving Plaza, I think it is, or Irving Center. Yeah, so it was the Irving Plaza Theater. Irving mm-hmm. Plaza Theater, and our good friend here, Lydia, was able to go. Uh, you want to talk about the show? Oh my gosh, do I? Oh, do I want Gaki Band? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Here comes the gushing. A... <laughs> Prepare yourself. Um, it, was, it was the first time that band had played in the U.S. And um, so it was a really small venue for them. Um, they're used to really big stages. And there are eight people in the band. And so they were in their costumes and their instruments were all crammed onto a very small stage in a really intimate venue. And it was really special. It was really special to see. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Wagaki Band is an amalgamation of traditional Japanese instruments and traditional rock instruments. And uh, they take elements from both traditional music and rock music and fuse them together in really, really skillful and masterful ways. Um, they're highly entertaining to watch too. 
they're master entertainers. Um, and, you know, individually speaking, many of them have won awards for their instruments um, in, in, in traditional playing. Uh, so it's like, I don't know, their, their passion and their skill, each individual member of the band has it and they bring it all together in a really, really entertaining way. Okay, questions go. So that I can take a breath. From all the gushing, I'm sorry. No problem. Honestly, uh, they are a fantastic band. I will vouch for that. And their music is just so fun. Such Their music is just great. It's a wonderful audio experience. And from what I've seen in there, I've never seen them live. Um, hopefully they'll change one day. But they there are several of their concert um, set snippets up online. And every time... I've seen them. It's always been truly amazing to behold. I mean, just to see how tightly they can get the show down for such a huge group and such an intricate display. It's it's amazing the amount of devotion that goes into this. It's true. And one thing that I was actually really surprised by was the fact that they performed live very similarly to how they did in their YouTube promotional videos. So that is how skilled they are visually, as well as uh, with their with their playing. They're just all around excellent performers. That's impressive. That's yeah, impressive. It, it was. It was really... I was I was actually kind of shocked because, you know, normally you don't see that kind of professionalism except from really veteran um, bands. At least I haven't. Mm. Um, normally you see some kind of hiccup or stiffness or, you know, it's 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 difficult to explain but they were definitely very well very well rehearsed and not in a not in a cookie cutter way they were very lively lively and well rehearsed it was it was good it was really good that is awesome it, i i'm officially jealous <laughs> <laughs> yes we're all angry at you okay Envious. that's fine it's totally worth it i'll take your anger mm-hmm. oh did anyone do a solo by the way Oh my god. Okay, are you ready for more gushing? Everybody did a solo. Everybody got a solo here because everybody's amazing. Um and and they wanted to showcase, you know, the the traditional instruments. Um my favorites were the uh shakuhashi, um Daisuke Kaminaga uh plays that instrument and he has the the control to dance and jump around and maintain even notes on a wind instrument which is crazy and I have never seen anybody I mean I guess I might not in the US but I imagine it's it's pretty interesting even in Japan to see somebody just shred a jamisen like Benny Ninagawa does <laughs> she just shreds it oh my god I was so in love and uh, um, Corona on the Wadaiko and Wasabi on the drums did a did did a percussion uh, percussion battle, which was really entertaining too. 
A percussion battle, you say? Yes, yes, it was good. The audience particularly loved that one because that one was really interactive. Like, how was it like? Um, they were shouting syllables to us, and we were just to shout them back. Ah. Yeah. It really raised the energy level while the rest of the band took a break. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're, we're, our arms are tired. We'll let you two be on. <laughs> yeah. I did not. Um, one thing, because of where I was sitting, I didn't get to see the Koto. So I didn't get to see any Koto play. Oh. Yeah, it was a really small, narrow stage. A lot different from what they're used to playing in Japan, I'm sure. Inside a packed house of what thousand some people packed in one. Yeah, it's. I think. I think if we found out that it held uh, Irving Plaza holds about a thousand people. In that a thousand twenty-five people. A thousand twenty-five, exactly. That is just impressive. It really is. As what as what Mike has said, like, if you can catch a Japanese act in America, do it. Oh god! This is actually the first one that I've seen live, and uh, and you know I like J rock and J pop, um, and I like those genres from any portion of the world, really. But one of my pets is when people combine traditional instruments with modern instruments and when they do it as well as wagaki band does uh, then i start to sound like a really really high-pitched fangirl <laughs> also they're just really beautiful people oh my god so i don't know they're really fun to listen to and really fun to look at it was just this entertainment he's very really good entertainment. yes yes there's stars in my eyes Got the whole big eye thing going on here, guys, with the a bubble background behind her when she talks about them. Yes, <laughs> and maybe a rainbow. I don't know. <laughs> where, I think that's. Where? I think that's always there, though. It's gonna be there until Senpai notices you, <laughs> and then I'll just faint, and everything will go black. Whatever. Then she'll turn white, and she'll have blue squiggly lines. Yeah. Uh, what happened? She fangirled out. She passed out from all the anger. <laughs> Senpai noticed her. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Then, no. Then, see, I would go full American, and then there would just be an animation of my head exploding. Just a <laughs> poof. Just poof. It's gone. Oh, oh man. Okay, uh, I, I think I'm done. Kind of. I don't know. Unless you get me started again. All right. Um... Yeah, I'm going to echo what Dorian said and well, what both of you guys said. If anyone gets a chance to go see a Japanese act, do it. I've been very lucky. I've gotten to see some cla some Class A acts myself. I got to see um, uh, Nano Ripe, uh, Jam Project, uh, Masami Okui. Solo was really cool. Um, but you, while... There's their music is great in recording. There's nothing that really captures that energy of actually being there in the audience, being there to actually soak in that atmosphere. I mean, I didn't think I'd enjoy a Harukomo Moistro, but honestly, I was right there in front with the glow sticks, and yeah, 
it's one of those things that it can definitely pull you into the moment. Do it. Do it when you can. Um, go see a live Japanese show if you get the chance. You will not regret it. Oh, now if only you tell Hikata or what, what's those boys' names? Just so I can see the bands. Uh, they sing that song at the end of Blue Exorcist, the first uh, first outro. I want to see those boys live. But I want you to hook out at them. I want, I want to see her. I would love to see Lark and CL. <gasps> I do recommend seeing the Pillows, by the way. The Pillows was amazing. They seem like they'd be awesome. The Pillows was freaking amazing. They were at um, Anime Boston one year. and I actually, yeah, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. If you get a chance, see the Pillows. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Hear that, Mike? Hear that, people? Go see the pillows. Not the ones in the, not the ones in the mattress store, but the band. I kind of want to see um, Kisho Taniyama's band Grand Rodeo. That'd be fun. That could be fun. He, yeah, he, you know, his voice acting roles are always like these, you know, shoujo, really smooth kind of ones. But he's kind of a rocker in his band so i like the dichotomy and he's got a really good voice he does you can find a way to see hide just do it if Hyde comes into town just drop everything drop work just drop everything go see hide all right everyone that's our show thanks for joining us and i'd like to leave you with the parting words of a couple of famous people when they said stay fresh this is mike ferrer signing off uh, this is Anthony Simpson, and I want to remind everybody that plumbers don't wear ties. This is Dorian Chatwick reminding you to feed your local squid girl. It's good luck. This is Lydia Rivers reminding everybody to not get mad at the everything. I don't know. Just stay shiny, people. It was nice to meet you. I'm fried. I'm still thinking about Waraki Man. Oh, we can tell. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. Woo! Yeah!